rejoice and be glad in it. You are listening to Sunday Morning Live. That is SML Inside the Pages with Pastor Carl Henderson, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Today is Sunday, September 26, 2021. This is your hostess, Sister Maria. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, we are bold, we are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m., Tuesday Bible study, 7 p.m., and Thursday, Acts of the Holy Ghost. If you are looking for a church home, looking for ministry and growth, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and allow God to be God. If you didn't know, we are inside the pages. Sundays, the book of Revelation. Tuesdays, the book of Daniel. And Thursday, Acts of the Holy Ghost. Today's opening scripture will be read by Brother Don. The next voice you will hear after the opening scripture and song will be our pastor and yours, Pastor Henderson. Join us in praise and worship as we welcome the word of God. Good morning, saints and friends. Today's opening scripture will come from Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers of the word and have a blessed day. said he is looking for those that are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. There's no other name.
desire of your heart this morning that you're looking to be in the presence of the Lord and I certainly solicit your prayers because that is what our uh, whole that is what the whole service is about to usher us into the presence of the Lord and so at this time we're going to be in the hands of our songstress Sister Charisse and she's going to lead us with another song and then we're going to go into the
give them a wave offering. Just wave your hand. Maybe you're sitting at the light right now, or maybe you're brushing your teeth, or you're, you know, you're putting your clothes on. Just give the Lord a wave offering. Let them know that you're exalting Him. Bless the Lord participation in worship unto the Lord and praise unto him. We thank God for everything that you do, everything that you do. Amen. From If it's just bringing in the sign or cutting the lights on, whatever you have done, it's certainly appreciated. Thank God for, for what he is going to do. We walk with expectations of what God so uh, uh, we're going to go into the word of God as our hostess, Sister Maria, stated earlier. We are in the book of Revelation, and God is blessing. He is providing clarity. I was driving in, and I was listening to a radio station, and some of the questions that individuals had concerning Revelation and the future of uh, an after you depart from out of time and step into eternity. Um, it's uh, amazing uh, that this information, that people are not reading the Bible. Please read your Bible. And it doesn't hurt to ask questions. Ask those questions. And whether I, I do look at comments, I do look at information that is monitored, and it will be answered. You may not get an immediate answer um, at the moment because uh, I don't know everything and I'm not one to claim that I do. But I will share with you what I do know. And I will search out what I don't know so that you have a good understanding because the Bible tells us in all you're getting, get a what? Understanding. Get an understanding. And so the word of God tells us that's what we're supposed to do. And so with that being said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy today. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us a reasonable portion of health, the activity of our limbs, a conscious awareness that we can seek your face. We can call upon your name. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, that you have given us breath, that you have given us life, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for 
opening our eyes up, Lord Jesus, and revealing yourself unto us. Lord, we thank you and we honor you today for your kindness. We honor you for your love and your mercy. Lord God, I pray and ask that you would lead us. Give us your guidance, Lord God. Help us to decrease that you may increase. Lord, bless those that are near and far, those that are under the sound of my voice, those that are listening over the airwaves. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would bless them. You know the need of every individual. There's nothing that has escaped your sight. Lord God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for being conscious of us and conscious of our prayers. Lord, and, and most we ask that our, our desires line up with your will. Lord God, our prayers line up with your, what you would have, Lord God. Lord Jesus, bless us not to pray amiss, Lord God, but to be focused. Lord, we ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Amen. While we're yet praying, I want you to lift your hand and give Gonna bless the bless this right now. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Certainly, we thank and praise God for those that have that are giving and supporting the ministry. And certainly, we honor God for His goodness and His and, uh, and what has been received. Father, I pray and ask that you bless Lord God those that give in, those that are supporting, and ask that you let them not feel the loss, Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you right now, Lord God, for the opportunity. Lord Jesus, to offer up sacrifices, sacrifices that from extending from our bodies as living sacrifices unto you, Lord Jesus, and the fruit of our labor. Lord God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Revelation. An opportunity to turn there to sixth chapter. I don't endeavor to be long, but I do endeavor to get into the word. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And I am just a radio box. That's all I am. Lord, tune me. Turn me to the station you would have me to play. Whatever song you want me to play for you. Whatever sound you want to come out of me. Lord God, thank you, Jesus. The book of Revelation, beginning at uh, the first chapter, excuse me, the sixth chapter. First verse, the second verse, it says, and I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals. And I heard as it were the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. That's what I'm asking you to do. Come and see. Wherever you are, you locally come and see. Uh, uh, Some say, well, you, you start service so early in the morning. Well, bless those that are up early. That's what the scripture says. Uh-huh. Those that seek him early. It's not just a cliche, an early bird catches a worm. I'm not quoting that. I'm quoting what the Bible says. And, and so tradition has us doing a lot of things that are, that and some things that are scripture and some things that are not. But come and see. You need to come and see for yourself what God is doing. You need to come and see for yourself. And experience what God is doing. I believe it was uh, uh, the uh, the queen. The queen had went to visit Solomon, and she said, "The half has not been told." You don't know what God will do just for you when you come and see. You don't know the difference 
that it is going to make in your life when you take action to do what God said, and that is come and see. The second verse says, and I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. This is the first seal. It is the first assignment from what John had seen that is being carried out now. John had an assignment. Now was to write a letter to the seven churches of Asia. And the seven churches of Asia, the angels of those churches had assignments and that was to get some things in order. And those that was not uh, reprimanded, we're told to hold fast to what they're currently doing. John uh, proceeds this particular chapter by saying, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written therein and on. The backside, seven, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice. Worthy is, uh, wor who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And one man in heaven, there was no man in heaven and nor in earth, neither under the earth was under, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. So not only was there, there was no one with the ability to open the book, but even to look at the book. John said, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. It's interesting that John made this observation. The observation is that he saw the book, he saw the seals, and he saw that there was information inside and outside of the book. That meant John was in a particular place he was not just in the spirit, but he was, uh, the Bible said that, that he found himself in the spirit on the Lord's day where this began. But then John also found himself in the spirit and was told to come up. In order for John to see certain things, he needed to come up. In order for us to see certain things, we must do what? We got to come up in order for us to have a better understanding of the will of God for as an individual, you must do what you got to come up, which means it's going to break the comfort zone. It's going to do some things. It's going to shatter some things. You got to come up when God calls us to come up. We have a choice. We could stay right where we are, but then we're going to miss out. And you never know what you're going to miss out on. But come up in order to see those things that God has. And so John said, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look on it. And one of the elders said unto me, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Who is the lion of the tribe of Judah? 
Well, he is the root of David. He hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the spirit, seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the hand of him that sat upon the throne. Now, a seal is used to certify something has not been tampered with. Mm -hmm. Seals are important. A seal doesn't have to be a, a, very, a large padlock. So you, a seal, uh, kings use wax and insignias as seals. Letters have been sealed with just a drop of wax and, and a stamp of the ring. Uh, the logistics industry. Uh, you ever you, you're behind a big rig and you see the doors closing, you may see a little tab, a simple wire, aluminum or a plastic piece of plastic that has been looped through the uh, where a lock would go. If that has been tampered with, it becomes a major issue. Don't you break that seal. You'll find yourself uh, sealed in a room when they catch up with you. There's a colored tape that is used to mark something. It is used as a seal. Don't break the tape. Uh, that tape identifies that someone uh, that, that there's an investigation going on. It identifies that there is uh, something that they do not want to be touched. In the movies, they, they, they break the seal and, you know, and they crook it. And, and listen, anyway. When something is sealed, it's intended, uh, it's sealed for a reason. John said, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book with seven seals. This book contained information the world had never seen before. We're talking about information. We're talking about things that the world has never seen before. We're reading about it, but no one has ever seen this. The book contained information that was troublesome. And it troubled John because he wanted to know what was going on. The right hand is usually associated with power or authority, place of honor. Hebrews 1 and 3 says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he by himself purged our sins. He by himself, no one else, you didn't do it, I didn't do it, no, there was no help going on. Purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of majesty on high. Now, John was not the only witness 
uh, to the right hand of, and the writer of Hebrews was not because the Bible tells us that Deacon Stephen being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. This was his testimony before dying. And usually they give credit to testimony of someone that is about to die. Uh, at least that's what I've seen in the movies. You know, I've never experienced that, uh, but, I, but I do know some that have. They believe that uh, upon your dying breath, that those last words have some truth to it, unless they just know for a fact you're lying. And so uh, this deacon, deacons, deacons, this deacon had a vision upon his, just before his demise. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing on the right hand of God. There's a lot of things that go on that people don't want to talk about. There's things that happen at the threshold of eternity when you're exiting from time into eternity. I, I heard about a woman who was in a car accident. She was rushed to the hospital. And as they ministered CPR, she would wake up. She, they would resuscitate her. She would come forth and she was... And she was crying out for help, help. Now, I don't know exactly the words, but she, but she was crying out for help. And after a while, the CPR, it wasn't going to work. And her last breath, she said, oh, no, and was gone. There are many untold testimonies that doctors and nurses are holding that would scare you into reality. But that had never happened to me. There are a lot of things that would scare you into reality. Make you stop and take a second look at what's going on, what this is really about, what's really happening. Now, the that was not in a movie that I just mentioned. That was real life. And the source of that was a very, very close friend, uh, one of the head nurses that I know. The right hand. The Bible speaks about the right hand. It's important to understand the right hand means something. Matthews 25, 31, 34, it says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, we're looking for the Son of Man to come, and all the angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another. Now, when the Son of Man come, when I say that I'm looking for him to, I, I'm going to be with him. Uh-huh. 
I'm anticipating certain actions. Now, if you see the Lord coming with 10,000 of his saints, he's not coming to get you. He's not coming to draw you in. That drawing in has already occurred. And you miss it. You don't want to miss out on what God, because of philosophers, because of other teachers, because of what people are telling you. You don't want to miss out on what the word of God is telling us. And the Bible says, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as the shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father. And inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The 41st verse says, Then shall he say also unto them on the left, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. The 46th verse says, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. Now, somebody might be saying, well, I've done too much wrong. I've been too many places. I've said too many things. I've acted out too many ways for God to welcome me into the kingdom. Well, the lamb that had been slain before the foundation of the world was slain for all the things that you would do. Mm-hmm. It is a matter of you accepting salvation. It is a matter of you repenting and knowing, yes, I did those things. And I will never do those things again. I'm sorrowful for what I did do. And change from that pattern. In order to be saved. He did it all. I know there's a song that says, won't he do it? And I know they're talking about stuff. But I'm saying, won't he do it? Because he will save a soul. He will save someone. He will save a predator, a super predator. And he will save the victims as well. The Bible said the, uh, the, 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 the lamb and the lions will, the lamb and the lion will lay side by side. No more devouring. No one could open the book. But the one that overcame the world. The one tried, tested, and refused to surrender. He sent the Holy Ghost as a seal so that we are tried. When we're tried and we're tested, you won't refuse and you won't, you will refuse and you will not surrender. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. I, I, I pray that you have some joy that is set before you today. When I think about the Lord and spending eternity and the assignments that, he, that he's going to 
anticipating the new assignments that God will have for me. It gives me joy. It causes me to uh, wake up in the morning and say, I refuse to surrender this body to anyone except the Lord. It causes me to go through my day and examine my actions. Have I did anything that would offend him? Have I said something? Or maybe I didn't do anything at all that I should have done. What am I doing? Am I presenting my bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him? Am I making sure that I don't, that I do not continue in sin that the grace of God may abound? Well, joy that is set before you when you think about what God has to offer, what this world has to offer, what eternity, there's only two options, has to offer, you ought to grab hold to some joy and, 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 and as what they say, man up, woman up, grab hold to some strength, some energy, and not surrender your temple unto anyone but the Lord. Which means you're going to have to stay focused, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and follow the example of him, despising uh, the shame and set down on the right hand of the throne of God. You got to keep your focus. Keep your focus on some joy. You need to remember there is the end game. What is your end game? You want some trim, that's your end game. That don't last long. If you want some cheddar. Well, everybody, when people leave here, they don't take that stack of cheese with them. It, it's here. It goes to the state. It goes to family and friends who fight over it. it you know, unless you have a will or something. Uh, what is the end game? The end game is this. It's appointed unto everyone to die at least once. And after this, the judgment. What will your joy be? Will you enter into the presence of God? The Bible said some man's sins go before them. We're, push, we're, we're making sure our sins go ahead of us so that it is dealt with. That's why we spend time on the altar. That's why we, we, we pray and seek God's face. That's why we, we tune into the word of God. And, and, and I'm talking about on your personal time when you're not in service, that you spend time with God because we're washed by his word. And then there are those whose sins follow after them. I'm going to do all that I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it, and I'm going to stand before God where there's going to be something standing behind you too. There's going to be a shadowing of something with you because you didn't deal with it ahead of time. And so it's going to be dealt with then. Well, the Bible says, and I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. And when the word had uh, come and see, come and see, come and see, you got to come and see for yourself, John. You got to come and see for yourself. Now. The word had become flesh. 
and he was accepted by some and rejected by others. This was the only body that God used to shed blood. Pastor, what are you talking about? God was manifested in the flesh. That was the word. The word became flesh. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth. And so that word that is residing, unperishable word that resides on and in the presence of God, shed it blood. And you can go and read this in Acts 20 and 28, that God shed his own blood. Leviticus 17 and 11 says, For the life of the creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. So God is a spirit, and spirits don't have blood. For those that think you're going to enter into the kingdom with blood, no, spirits don't have blood. And will be the same as the angels. Therefore, a spirit cannot shed blood. But as Emmanuel, meaning God with us, as the only begotten son of the father, he could. And he did. Colossians 2 and 9 says, In him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The word. The fullness of the Godhead bodily was in that body. Someone said that uh, that that uh, you you that he can't. Well, maybe the God that you serve cannot do those things. He cannot create a body. Well, how was Abraham able to sit with him, worship him, when the angel, when he looked up and saw three walking towards him, and he went out and he bowed down to the one. The other two went on down to Sodom and Gomorrah to do what they were there to carry out their assignment. But that one stayed with Abraham and had some barbecue, had his feet washed. So that was a, a, a manifestation. So how can one say that God cannot manifest himself in a body? Melchizedek, father, without father, without mother, no end of days. But you're going to say God, the, the king of Salem and the high priest. But you're going to say that God cannot manifest a body. What God are you talking? I'm talking about sovereign God that can do all. The Bible says, behold, I am the Lord. Jeremiah 32 and 27. The God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Now, the doctrine of the Trinity, about the third century, Tertullian and the Council of Nicaea, the Council of Nicaea adopted this teaching about 323, talking about the Trinity, and you know, and, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. The teaching is, uh, again, has flaws in it because you're saying God, there's one devil, but you got three individual gods agreeing as one. That sounds, 
that really sounds, uh, what is it, uh, uh, something off of a sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It's flawed. Because the Bible plainly teaches the church, the church in the wilderness, and the church today is monotheistic. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. And so there are teachings placed, and we'll get more into this as we are in Revelation. There's a flawed understanding. Man has messed things up with their finite thinking because they were not spirit-filled in order to receive those things that are for those that are seeking the Lord, but cater into their own flesh because they couldn't figure out the mystery of godliness. The Bible said great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Here you are, a human being, a trichotomy, mind, body, soul, and spirit, but you're saying God himself cannot make a body. God cannot fill that body with his spirit. Well, listen. The Bible said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and have the keys of hell and death. The living word, the redeemer of Israel, then and now has come forth, and has opened the first seal. And there was a loud noise, and one of the seraphims called for the undivided attention. Are you willing to give God your undivided attention? You cannot live a sanctified life if you don't give him your undivided attention. You cannot be completely washed by his word if you don't give him your undivided attention. He's coming for a church that is spotless, wrinkleless, and don't carry on with any such thing but his glory is holy and without blemish. But if you don't give God your undivided attention, you're not going to make it. John said, And I saw and behold a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. There is a white horse and whiter that is waiting right now. White is known to represent righteousness, purity, cleanliness, and, you know, and so we see where here a white horse with a rider carrying a bow. Bows can be used for sporting, hunting, uh, protection, or war. In this instance, it is not sport. It is not hunting. It is not protection or war. His assignment is to conquer all, and that's what he's going to do. The rider of the white horse is operating under the, uh, the administration of the Lord. So that means the spirit of the Lord, authority, the spirit of wisdom, experience, the spirit of understanding, clarity, the spirit of counsel, instructional, the spirit of might, power, the spirit of knowledge, well-informed, and the spirit of fear, honor unto God. In other words, there is nothing unfair about what the white horse and the rider was about to do. There's no injustice being carried out. The rider on the white horse is on the first assignment. He was given full authority to carry out his assignment, and he will not fail in that day. Listen, 
if you're participating in Jeremiah, the reading of Jeremiah, the assignment that, you know, then you'll know that there are those that will claim everything is okay. In Jeremiah, the, the ministers, the prophets, and uh, when Jeremiah was telling them and warning them, they were running around saying that, no, don't believe him. It's, it's okay. No, it's, it's all right. No, what he's telling you is not correct. Don't listen to that. It was during a time of God's judgment. And the same thing is going to occur during this judgment period. We're teaching for revelation. So just making sure that you have a clear understanding. John has been given stern message to the seven churches of Asia. And he has been summoned to come up higher in order to see what's going on and what will happen next. All of us need to be consistent. Come up higher so you can see what God is about to do. We're nearing the end of 2021. Lord say the same, just some months away. Some are saying, I cannot wait for 2022, not knowing what God has on his agenda for 2022. I tell you this, no prophecy, no message preached, taught, exhorted, uh, anyone will not supersede, no one will supersede the will of God. I'm going to tell you, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a close here, but the safest place for all of us to be is in the will of God. I was laying in bed and I was listening to the word of God, listening to what the Bible has to say. And there were some scriptures that came up that was terrifying. I don't know about you, and I love the Lord, and he is blessing this little man. I love the Lord, and I'm rejoicing in him, but I'm also keeping it real that, that there is a heaven and that there is a hell. There is an end of all things. We can talk about being blessed, and I encourage you, matter of fact, if you live in what's right, you can bless, you can declare a blessing upon yourself, and you should. But let's what we're dealing with, what though what some we're, are not going to deal with. We don't want to deal with it. It brings about sobriety. But you need a sobriety check. All of us do. We need to check and recheck so that we will be found worthy. Safest place is in the will of God. No matter what happens between now and whenever, the safest place for you to be is in the will of God. And so you want to line up with his will. Based on what you heard, learned, and, and know of yourself, will you be ready? Will you be found worthy to stand in his presence if you are called upon right now? Luke 21 and 26, while others are praying, Lord, give me a car. All you have to do is save up some money. Lord, uh, give me, give me, give me, give me. So full of gimme's, genie in a bottle, Coke bottle machine, all of that. I'm going to give an offering so I'll be blessed. Well, that will bless you. It don't mean it's going to save you. And that's what we're talking about. Soul salvation. Luke 21, 36 says, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be counted worthy to escape all those things which shall come to pass 
and to stand before the, before the Son of Man. Because that's what it's going to come down to. Will you be able to stand in the presence of God? No shame. Nothing to be afraid of. The thing that we should be afraid of is right now, is occurring right now. Right now. Those are the things that we need to be ashamed and scared of right now. Not then in that day. You don't have to worry about that. God's got you. Uh-huh. He's got you. He's got you. And, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna close. And certainly we thank and praise God for his goodness and the teaching of his word. We'll be back dealing with the second seal. The second seal. This is the first seal that was on the book. And it's you and it's an assignment. If you didn't know, the seals are assignments. And each one will carry out their assignment. What about you? Will you carry out your assignment that God has given you? I'm certainly this man. Uh, after hearing the word of God, I woke up and and, and I, I renewed myself unto the Lord. I want to make sure that I'm carrying out the assignment that God has for me. And it's not based upon title. It's not based upon, it's based upon my soul salvation. I want to be saved. And I believe you want to be saved too. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray and ask, Lord God, that you would bless your word that has gone forth in the hearts of your people. Lord God, keep us with our minds stayed upon you. Help us to govern ourselves according to your word in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we'll be careful to give you praise and to give you glory and honor. Lord God, I ask that you would bless those that are in the valley of decision. Lord God, bring them out. Lord Jesus, help those that have dedicated themselves and those that are rededicating themselves at this moment. Lord God, we thank you and we bless your name. Amen. Listen, if you've not been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin, it's just, just what I said. Baptism is for remission of sin. You want your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. You want to live a sanctified life. You want to live a life that, that God is able to say, well done, good, and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. You want to live a life where you are on the right side, not on the left. Then you're going to have to Deal with the issues that need to be dealt with. Don't leave, leave things unresolved. But get it right for your own spiritual health and your natural health. Listen, this is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church. Located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. And my prayer is that something has been said that will enhance your walk with Christ and your commitment unto the Lord. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Uh, in the way of announcements, I want to present something as well. On Friday, October 1st, we'll be in our leadership conference at, at 474 East uh, Dewardy Road, and that's in the city of Monrovia. And, and back there again on Sunday afternoon, as we are doing licensing for ministers, 
certainly if you are in the area, I welcome you to stop in and to join in with us. Uh, that will be at 6.30 on Friday afternoon and 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. God bless you. Be prayerful and say yes unto the Lord. Thank you.